the Seal the Deal Challenge. Each of the rookies will make their way out into the arena among the WWE Universe. The concept is to sell as much merchandise as possible in a 60-second time frame. Whomever has the largest cash amount at the end of the challenge will not only win the competition, but will also have earned a match next week against a WWE pro of your choosing. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. This is always, of course, your boy, Notorious Nando. N O T O R I O N A N D O. And then the the nightest of nights. Ooh, the nightest nights, Larry Knight. Uh. How how are you doing this week? I'm all right, man. You know, I'm all right. <laughs> Hey, I, I can't ask for anything more. As long as you're cool, alive, and healthy. That's, that's, that's all, all I got, man. That, I'm all right. As long as you're here with me, that that's all I care we're about. We're here, man. We're just going to do this dang thing, and we're going to maintain, like, mainframes. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That'll be the new tagline. We maintain, like, mainframes. <laughs> do they, are those things still, like, serve? Like, do people still use mainframes with, like, servers and stuff? I, I am in... I mean, we're both in tech, but I don't even know if that's if they still actually do that. But I know they always talk about mainframes. But yeah, I mean, like those big ones. That yeah. When's the last time anybody actually seen one? Of them? <laughs> Just in the movies, because they have to make it seem really big for like audiences. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, anytime they need to like diffuse anything, it's as big as if, like a storage locker. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So. Yeah, so this is episode ten. I, I can't believe we're already here, hitting the double digits. You know, I know, man. This is big. This is uh, this is monumental. It's momentous. Sadly, I'm not gonna lie and say that this is not my favorite episode. But I wish we kind of like switch places with the episode from last week. I know it's pretty crazy because uh, you know, uh, hopefully you're watching, you're listening to these in order, and you heard that the previous episode got our highest score. Yeah. So let's see what this one does. I think it's gonna break. A different kind of record yeah <laughs> cool so then yeah this episode of course we're watching it on the wwe network we love it and this is i didn't have any facts i think i, I forgot to like research it's these. all good man you know no lie the wwe network is probably the best ten dollars i spend per month when you think about it it's pretty crazy because i i don't have any other sports subscription but from what i hear Based on people who have those, they also agree and say that the WWE Network is the best value from all the sports packages. I really think like they're cheating themselves. I think I mean they've been talking about doing different plans for a couple of years, but they haven't done it yet. So. Like I just you know I don't understand their business model and where their main revenue comes from. Yeah, but I imagine that 
the the money that they're making from subscriptions versus the money that they were making for pay-per-views has to be ridiculously like higher in subscriptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're thinking about it, like on one hand, it was like, oh man, like, you know, pay-per-views were like what 59 bucks each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I get all of those for like 10 bucks a month. Yeah. And as long as I would just watch like one pay-per-view or two pay-per-views a year, I get my money's worth. Yeah. So, you know. I think from just doing really simple math here, that comes out to $120 a year per customer. And that is the equivalent to one or two pay-per-views that people normally would have gotten. Yeah. But I can see how that scales up better because at that point, not everyone is buying a $50, $60 pay-per-view. And now people are willing to spend like $10 because they see it as $10. Mm -hmm. And then secretly, WWE is gaining $120 from people who would have never bought a pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. it is kind of smart in that way. Yeah, and then it's like since NXT is exclusive to yeah. the network, like they're probably the majority of people with WWE network literally probably only subscribe for it for NXT. Oh yeah. And I'm not going to lie. That's probably like the biggest thing that I like watch on the network like mm-hmm. routinely like week by week either it's like going back in time to watch these or just like on a weekly basis it's pretty much NXT like I don't watch none of that other stuff yeah like and then like you know watch a pay-per-view and then it's it's pretty cool because like pay-per-views that I wouldn't have ordered at all I get to watch them yeah I don't order extreme rules Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever ordered extreme rules oh yeah yeah, yeah. no I'm the same way where like back in the day when we kind of had no option but to just buy the pay-per-views themselves it would still just be like the big four for mm-hmm. me or or mania and royal rumble and that's yeah. it yeah yeah so now it's like you know the, the, the trade-off was probably like an easy make because it's like you know what not everybody's ordering this stuff but now exactly your ship yeah. so yeah i i love it you know they can make different tiers if they do it i'll probably do it anyway but i personally think they're probably making enough money off it is like right now to where they don't need to i think I think if anything, not different tiers with like what you can see, but just like how many people you have on your account might be a good one. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Netflix does. It's like, hey, if you want to have like different accounts for different people, yeah, 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 like you know that way. Like if I wanted to have somebody on my account, and you know if we were in different areas, so we could watch the same thing, yeah, that would be dope. Like I would probably not want to pay for that tier anyway, but like if they wanted to do that, that would be dope. But if you're like gonna make it a higher tier to where I have to. If I have a lower tier, I can't watch everything, then I'm yeah. going to be mad. Yeah. I think it's to the point where, like, they built the foundation, which hasn't changed. in the. It's been up for five years now, right? I think. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. was like a WrestleMania 30. Yeah. So they they built the foundation, and they haven't, honestly, they haven't changed it since. So I think they're afraid of upgrading it at this point and making it worse. And, it's like pro wrestling in a nutshell. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being afraid to, like, change. Yeah, yeah. I think... <laughs> that's a good analogy i didn't even Man. think about it yeah compared to like how netflix and hulu and all these other streaming services they started off at a certain level and yeah they quickly like changed their model like every year after that but yeah wwe i think is now in a spot where they're afraid to change the price and the the model of it because i think they know fans are loyal and at that point if you get them too upset they'll they'll leave at yeah. that point yeah and so. it's like i it it you know what it looks like they don't need ad revenue mm-hmm. yeah so like they they don't have to throw ads in there because their ads are essentially like their own ads yeah, yeah, yeah like their commercials are just little ads for wwe stuff yeah so like up until the point they get to the point to where they need ad revenue that's when they might uh 
need to change it because that's when Hulu started to suck mm-hmm. when they started to throw those ads in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows? But like, I feel like ad revenue isn't really for wrestling because like when you even go on like WWE.com, there aren't like too many ads on there. Yeah, it's like yeah. they only advertise their own stuff, really. Yeah. Like, so they're fine in that aspect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they always, from what I noticed watching WWE throughout the years, they always advertise something small and tangible like like a like a food item like chips or um drinks and stuff like that you don't really see like car commercials on wwe because like they know their audience like no no one watching wrestling is really going to make a big you know what they used to have like a lot of ads back in the day it would be like now brought to you by uh castrol gtx oh yeah yeah, yeah. like they used to do that all the time but now like they don't never do that dude like they're they're i guess sustaining enough to where they don't need to bring in that outside mm-hmm. stuff as much but you know what it is they have um they have wrestlers in commercials now oh yeah, yeah. so that's where it is so like it'll like hey you know you act like a rusev when you don't have a snicker so then they do it like that what's that phone one that they uh, oh the cricket wireless yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's what it is they get their ads because their wrestlers are in ads so they don't seem like ads yeah yeah, yeah. that's just it's it's basically an ad or like you know now brought to you by this it's like you know this but they'll have a wrestler in it oh you know yeah so now uh cricket wireless owes us money because we're plugging them on the yeah, show yeah dude i don't even <laughs> use that man. shout out to at&t <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> all right cool so going back to the episode and that was a big plug for wwe network by yeah, the way man, so. shout out man. <laughs> So give us money. <laughs> yeah, man, that all started by us saying this is the best ten dollars I spend. You better love us. Come on, baby. Shout cool. out to Podbean too. Yeah, <laughs> they still haven't thrown us off, so we're good. Yeah. See, like you know, when it gets to the point to where we have to like <laughs> do this, like to actually make revenue. Yeah, this is how we're gonna do it. We're just probably gonna like detour for a little bit and plug something. Then they'll they'll be like. We only asked you to do 30 seconds, but you went on like a 10 minute tangent. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's love, baby. <laughs> All right. So so this episode is on April 27. Uh, yeah, April 27, mm-hmm. 2010 at the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Is This is going to be a dumb question, but I just want to ask it. Is Hershey based out of Hershey, Pennsylvania? We're about to find out. <laughs> it is. Oh, yay. <laughs> Cool. I don't know why I'm so surprised <laughs> because I didn't even think about that when yeah. I was in there. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. Oh, wow. The headquarters is in Hershey. That's pretty cool. I never knew. I genuinely didn't know that. I was just like really curious. So I'm I'm really happy that they're from Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> nice. I'm wondering if it's called Hershey because of the uh, the location. Yeah. I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to everyone in Hershey. I mean, shout out to Hershey's. <laughs> yeah. You make really amazing candy. <laughs> All right. So, so we start off again. No uh, no recap of last week. I I feel like they're missing an op- a missed opportunity, but maybe they're just trying to save time and not do these recaps at the beginning of the show. So kind of interesting. Maybe because, you know, they got a lot of stuff to do now. Yeah, right? yeah. We start off with Stryker already in the ring and all, with all the rookies. And he mentions again that the next pros poll is in two weeks now. The crowd uh, reminds the crowd that the winner will not only become WWE's next breakout superstar, but they will also get a title shot of their choosing at a future pay-per-view. He mentions the joust, 
challenge from last week where Skip won and got featured on WWE.com where 10 million visitors saw that face and that's it. So I don't know what that means. I I still think it was an empty promise how we like mentioned last week because Barrett never got his vic or his uh prize. Bruh, you know, like I loved every time they mentioned it. They're like, oh man, 10 million people seen Skip. Yeah. I'm like, you guys just put an ad in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just saying how many people visit the site. Yeah. Why y'all doing like that? Yeah. They never went into the details and I haven't like researched to find out what article that was. <laughs> But yeah, they never said like if he gets like the big like screen advertisement that as soon as you log on or whatever. But yeah, it's it's just funny how they just mentioned that he'll get featured and that's it. As they're explaining this week's rules, it was kind of cool. I don't know if you noticed this, but Skip was actually sporting. And maybe he got that from the money he made from getting his profile up there. But he was wearing like a new spiky vest. Oh, yeah, that vest was clean. It was right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, look at you not looking like Stone Cold no more. Looking like Stone Cold had like a, a legitimate relationship with one of the road warriors. <laughs> I I think it fits him better and like it makes him stand out more. You it know? made him look more of a badass for sure. Because, yeah. you know, he didn't have his uh, cowboy hat either. Mm-mm. Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was better looking. Than... It was different. Yeah. So this week's challenge is testing them on their likability and salesmanship called the Seal the Deal Challenge. But I have nicknamed it Sell the Marks <laughs> Challenge nice. because, yeah, we're just going to sell merchandise to the Marks at this point. Basically. The challenge is that the rookies have to go out to different parts of the arena and sell programs to the WWE Universe. They have to sell as many programs as they can in 60 seconds. And the rookie who gets the most profit at the end of the 60 seconds will be declared the winner. And this week's Empty Promise, which, (laughs) spoiler alert, they actually deliver on, (laughs) Mm. is uh, the rookie will get to choose their pro. Ah, that's right. So so this one is more of a tangible goal. I guess that's why, like, it's more of a believable goal. So, yeah, the the winner of this challenge will get to challenge any pro of their choosing next week. So kind of a... Not a big prize, but at least it's like a realistic prize at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty weird because it's like, that's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, if I was like a rookie boxer and then like I was in this competition and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go challenge Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Why would you want to go challenge somebody that's more senior than you? Like, like the logic behind it, like now that I think about it, I'm like, no, I don't want to face one of them. I want to beat up one of the rookies so I have a better chance at the competition. I don't want to get beat up by a pro. When you think about it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like because <laughs> at that point you could be fighting a pro that will get pissed off at you, and then he'll not vote for you. In the, yeah, like <laughs> what is? <laughs> Come on. As opposed to like if you challenge a a rookie and get another victory, it just looks better on your record. So yeah, yeah. like you know what I'm saying. Like what, this is really a, a, a something I want to do. Maybe that explains the results later on, which we'll get to. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> so the retail price for the programs is $15, which is pretty accurate. Like, I think even now they're more expensive, actually. Gross. I think like nowadays they're like 20 or 25 bucks. So they're actually getting a deal here with 15 bucks. They also say that uh, it's the suggested price. So if fans want to pay more, they can pay more. Mm-hmm. And I think some do throughout these challenges. So kind of interesting. 
it's funny because they started off selling off with the 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 front row so they were like already there and skip is the first one to go so during skip's 60 seconds i thought it was pretty funny because he's selling to the front row crowd and then at the very end like there was this one lady who wanted to just buy it for a dollar and he was like sorry ma'am they're not a dollar and stuff like that so i thought that was pretty funny where like one person tried to be super sly and and really throw yeah, he yelled a notice like wait a minute it's just a dollar trying to play me <laughs> So after the 30, uh, after the 60 seconds, Skip actually gets four programs. So he gets $60 in total. Mm. And that is now the time, time to beat. And in this case, money to beat. Ooh. So he is leading off and they're doing this segment similar to last week's where they're not doing them all at once. They're kind of spreading them out throughout the episode. So kind of interesting pace. $15 right there. Come on in. Thank you very much, little lady. Here's your change right there. Yep, yep, there you go. Who wants another program? Come on, guys. Who wants a program? Come on. WWE's finest. Let's go, people. Program right here. Oh, no, not for a dollar, ma'am. I'm sorry. They're 15, not a dollar. Come on. I need a program. Five. Uh, got it? All right. That's four programs times 15. $60 is the amount to beat. The Seal the Deal Challenge continues. At that point, the first matchup is Christian and Heath Slater versus Wade Barrett and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Jericho, or I should say, Slater at this point is currently 5-2. and two, And the WWE also did their draft at this point, which is the modern-day WWE shakeup. Mm-hmm. Christian was drafted from Raw to SmackDown. And later on, we'll kind of recap the the Raw recap where they kind of mention all the other pros that got drafted. And I'll mention them there. From there, we go to a commercial break and we do a video recap of last week's milestone victory for Slater over Jericho. And pretty cool because kind of what we were talking about last week where Slater, it's impossible for him to beat a world, a former world champion in Jericho. Mm-hmm. And then in this recap, they kind of just like kind of hit, hit those cliff notes of like, oh, my God, like it's a big deal that he actually beat him last week. So pretty cool re- recap there. Dan Barrett comes out and Barrett is at an even four and four. The commentators, again, do a good job of selling the biggest upset in NXT history over Jericho. Say that Jer- Jericho says that he's had nightmares since which i thought was pretty funny would you say the biggest upset before this was the oh no that was on smackdown wasn't it? when they had barrett no that was on uh, nxt oh with barrett with barrett and when he was in that match with all the pros yeah yeah that was probably the was most... that on nxt mm-hmm. yeah so that'd probably be the biggest upset up until up slater until... jericho yeah but yeah i i, I like how the commentators were still selling that as like the biggest victory and made a big deal out of it. From there, we kind of start off the match and Slater starts throwing punches at Jericho to start it off. He tagged like Jericho quickly tags out after that to Barrett. Did you catch uh, what Cole ends up, ends up calling uh, team Christian Slater? Mm-mm. He ends up calling him Christian Slater. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so Josh kind of makes fun of him. He was like, oh, how long have you been thinking about that one? And I was like, yeah, we we called it from the very start. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they had some good banter in this episode. I won't take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Slater tags out with 
with Christian, who delivers a really nice drop kick on Barrett from the middle rope. Yeah, he planted him like square in the face. Mm-hmm. It like I think that's why Christian is still like my favorite because everything he does just looks super textbook solid. Like if you were, I don't think he does it, but if you were to get someone to mocap like all the WWE games, he would be like the perfect guy to mocap everything. You know? Yeah. I I I sit back and I think about back in the day. I think it was like attitude with a Hardy's mocap. Oh yeah, yeah. They should have got Christian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, even at that point when he was still young, Christian was still solid back then. Too, yeah, so. Christian's a solid in. He's not Hall of Fame yet, is he? No, he he definitely has to be up there sooner. Or later. Oh, definitely. Like that's an oversight if they don't throw Christian in there. Yeah. I mean, come on, Coco Beware is in there and not not Christian. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Coco. <laughs> Shout out to Coco Beware. And uh Christian. And and Frankie. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. From there, <laughs> Christian knocks down Jericho from the apron. Jericho starts yelling at the broadcast team again and then starts messing with their desk. I thought that <laughs> that was pretty funny. Barrett does take advantage of the slight distraction and hits him with a big boot and tags in uh Jericho at that point. Jericho keeps arguing with the ref. Then Josh brings up that it hasn't been a good week for Jericho since he lost his match at Extreme Rules Mm -hmm. against Edge. And Jericho tries to hit his trademark running bulldog from the ropes. But then Christian does a really nice counter into the falling inverted DDT, which, Mm -hmm. again, I really love that move. He shout out to reverse DDTs, man. Yeah, especially like that floating one that that Christian done. It mm-hmm. it, it just looks really, really I think, good. Uh, Nikki Cross is doing. Oh that right yeah, now. that's true. Yeah, I forgot that she does that too. I forgot about her. I think <laughs> I think the whole company forgot about her. To be honest, sadly. From there, Christian, or I should say, from there, Slater gets the hot tag from Christian, and starts going on the offense against Jericho. He hits a slightly mistimed neckbreaker, but goes for the pin afterwards. Barrett does do a run-in to break up that pin attempt, and out of nowhere, Christian, again, delivers a really nice cross-body splash from the top rope. Like It was kind of cool because it was kind of out of focus from the camera, yeah. so it made it seem like he just came out of nowhere. I feel like every time they do cross-bodies on NXT, it's always out of focus. Yeah. Like, anybody who does it. But it, it, it makes it for the home viewer look really good. It's like, surprise! <laughs> I like it. The, the live crowd's like, ah, we've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I always see it coming. We're watching them the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> from there, Jericho and Slater kind of run back the same spot from last week where he tries to hit the walls of Jericho and then Slater wraps him up into a small package. As soon, but this time, Jericho does kick out. And then as both men are trying to get back to their feet, Jericho quickly hits like the code breaker and gets the win. At oh, that yeah. Point. It, was, it was really cool. I, I like how... Jer- the storytelling of Jericho learning from his mistake and then quickly capitalizing on oh, it. Oh yeah, and it's like that storytelling is like almost unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's just so good. Yeah. So he gets the victory at three oh three, and yeah, that was it. Like, they don't really do any post match things because they are trying to get like the rest of the segments in. And yeah, it was a fun, quick sprint of a match. It was. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. So from there, we get the second part of the seal the deal. And this one is by Daniel Bryan. Striker reminds Bryan that he has to beat $60 in order to win. And as soon as his 60 seconds starts, Bryan kind of just grabs the mic and says that he's not a capitalist and he's not good with money. And then he literally just starts throwing the programs out for free. 
Brian just is yelling out like down with capitalism and we don't need your money kind of thing. So it's pretty funny that he just kind of shitted on this like whole <laughs> like yeah man but you know i think that goes to the arena yeah oh yeah <laughs> come on man they put them programs out man i think i hope <laughs> so at that point after afterwards he clearly loses because he gets a total of zero i was hoping that um people were gonna give him money as like donations for his uh, kindness but nobody it, did of course they not did. Once people get stuff for free, they never do stuff. Ah, come on, Hershey. (laughs) We were just praising you earlier. Come on, get your game together, Hershey. Donate. At least capitalism, man. Or at least give them like chocolates. Yeah, (laughs) do some chocolates. That would have been amazing if just one hit him. Yeah, what is this, a Hershey? (laughs) Okay, we're amongst the WWE Universe with Daniel Bryan. Daniel, you have 60 seconds to beat $60 in revenue. Here is your change. Ready, set, go. Well, there's any. Okay, I'm not exactly a capitalist, so uh, I'm not good with money, but here you go. Yeah, but isn't the point of the competition to... There you go. I don't need your money. We don't need money. (laughs) Everything's free here. Everything's free. Now he's going to lose again. There you go, guys. There you go. There you go. Is he a socialist, a communist? He's not a capitalist. Great strategy, Daniel. You're going to lose again. I don't think that Daniel Bryan's a loser here, Cole. Hey, hey, hey. Four. There you go. From there, then they do a video recap of the triple threat match from last week, just to kind of set up the next segment between Tarver and Carlito. Then we get a backstage promo with those two in the parking lot, mm-hmm. a, pre- a pre-recorded one, I should say. And Carlito is telling Tarver that last week he had the perfect opportunity to pick up the win and missed out. Tarver argues back saying like, oh, Gallows shouldn't have been there in the first place and Carlito kind of just dismisses him at that point. And Carlito mentions that, you know, what you have to learn is that all the little things matter. And by, by that, you should learn this lesson of uh, carrying my bags inside. And then it was pretty funny because Tarver then reacts saying like, wait, you want me to carry your bags? And then Carlito's smiley and snarkly says, Oh, see, now you're getting it. The little details and good job. And just like walks off. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was pretty cool. I, I found myself agreeing with Tarver. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, they cheated. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty pretty good segment, and they do have like pretty good chemistry between each other. I think. Oddly. Yeah. Oddly. Originally, I wasn't going to talk about this small video cap segment, but the did you know one? So on the did you know one, they had mentioned that NXT has been the number one. Tuesday telecast on sci-fi since it premiered six or I should say since it premiered nine weeks ago. So I ended up doing some more research on this and this will be the Google me segment for this week. Come on, man. Google me. Google that. Google that. (laughs) I had found an article on www.com where they said that the debut episode of NXT actually got a 3.1 rating, which equals out to roughly 1.7 million uh, viewers. And then I started researching other articles saying that after that, like roughly a month later, they started already like declining. Yeah. 
So <laughs> sadly, it went down to a point, uh, a zero point nine rating, which oh. is roughly one point four million. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting because they initially replaced NXT with the old WWE's ECW show, which was also declining over the years. Uh, ironically, ECW was originally gaining. 2.9 ratings when it first started off so it was actually doing really well mm-hmm. and those are actually the ratings that raw and smackdown are getting now so mm-hmm. it kind of tells you how different the ratings landscape was back back then bro people don't have to like i mean you know people can sit there and binge watch shows and that's fine yeah but to sit there and watch wrestling for three hours yeah 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 it's exhausting because it's just not it's you you're just stuck yeah like at least with the shows, like, you know, in that three hours, you don't watch like what two episodes of two to three or maybe, you know, depending on what you watch. And you can plow through a whole bunch of stuff in three hours. But like for me to just be sitting there watching this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That I really, you know, can't deviate from. Yeah. Nah, man. <laughs> Towards the end of ECW, that's where it was starting to average out to the 1.0 ratings as well. Mm. And then, yeah, just a few weeks after ECW or after a few weeks after NXT debuted, they're kind of already in the same spot. And mm-hmm. and in some cases, they're actually lower ratings than what ECW used to gain. So it's already kind of like not working out for itself. And when you kind of think about it, it is an interesting concept. But at that point, it's a mixture, I feel like, of fans that did like ECW. And then <laughs> knowing that they kind of killed off that their favorite show at the time. And now replacing it with a show where it's a unique competition aspect, but kind of has, as we've been reviewing them, they haven't really elaborated too much on the competition side in the first few episodes. Mm -hmm. So I think at that point, fans are probably also kind of feeling that too and not really feeling the show at that point because they weren't really going into the competition side of it. Mm -hmm. And now it just felt like a regular wrestling show. And at the same time, like, even though we kind of followed it, at that time, you can imagine that people really weren't behind eight people who they weren't used to. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I think that was the the major difference. But not all bad news for WWE because at the same time, I totally forgot that TNA was also running Impact on Monday nights mm. at this point in uh, in 2010. And ironically, e- even though that NXT was in the lower ratings now in the point nines. They were actually still getting more viewers than Impact at that that Monday night time slot. Which really? Is, yeah. So it, it's kind of crazy. Oh, jeez. So that that just shows how much like people weren't really watching TNA at that point. Man. So yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting that even though NXT was at its lowest, they were still doing better than TNA. So. That's the craziest thing about it. Is like when you think about how exhausting it is to watch Raw and all that stuff. But yeah. I'm like, I don't want to watch Impact. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of sucks for them because they moved to Monday nights trying to beat Raw. And if you can't even beat their third brand show, like there's no way you're going to beat like Raw. At that uh, point. Yeah. Don't you ever. <laughs> if your name is not Nitro, don't even. Yeah. <laughs> don't even think about it, bro. Exactly. The battle lines were drawn on January 4th when the immortal Hulk Hogan arrived in the impact zone. This is the moment that we've been anticipating for months. On March 8th. DNA Mania will run wild. Will you be there when Hulk Hogan makes history? What you gonna do now that TNA is coming for you? The war is back. 
be there when TNA Wrestling takes over Monday nights. Live March 8th on Spike. So from there, we get uh, part three of the Seal the Deal, and this one is Justin Gabriel. It, he is in the lower B area of the arena where kind of like not the front row people are, but more in the, in the middle section. So those guys definitely have more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, his total to beat is $60 still. And as he's like collecting the money, it's funny because he says like all American money looks the same to him. And then Cole nicely jumps in and says like he's from South Africa. That's why like he thinks that all the money looks the same, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool in case people didn't know where he actually was. Yeah, from. that's like because when we went to Mexico, like all their currency is like different colors. Mm-hmm. So then like we just got all this like green money. Like. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool that they played it up that way. In the end, they say that he sold 22 programs and his total was $330. I'll get more into that in the next in the next segment. But yeah, so apparently he's beaten the $60 mark at that point. Mm-hmm. From there, we get the next matchup, which is now uh, an actual singles match compared to last week's open challenge. And we get Michael Tarver with Carlito versus Darren Young and Luke Gallows and Serena. Before the match, we get the video package for Michael Tarver. And this one was interesting because it was, as opposed to the other ones where like they were more positive, this one was more negative, but they still kind of did some positive feedback. Both The Miz and Jericho don't think that Tarver has it and that they've ranked them at the bottom in their opinion. Regal says that he's actually the sleeper. So Mm. that was kind of cool that he praised them a bit. Hardy then says that he thinks Tarver is going to be the first one voted off. (laughs) And Punk kind of is neutral where he says like he thinks that Carlito is or he I should say he thinks that he's a victim by being teamed up with Carlito because he's a bad pro. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was cool because. Yeah. That video package is pretty good because I was like, oh, no, that's good insight from everybody. It wasn't like they buried him or anything like that. They were saying like, you know, he's lacking focus, but that. Could be because of his pro. So I, yeah. I really like that. At this point, Tarver is still uh, winless where he's 0-6 and, and Young is 6-2. and two. And at this point, he currently has the best record of all the rookies at 6-2. and two. Mm. So I, I thought that was pretty cool insight. Tarver starts the match by attacking Young with a gut punch in the corner. And he kind of sells it like throughout the whole match, which I thought was pretty cool. Danny Irish whips uh, Young into the opposite turnbuckle and sells the the back at that point did you catch this where after that then tarver kind of hits like a mini version of the tour of the islands <laughs> i thought that was really i it totally like threw me off because i was like holy crap like, i popped yeah. i was i was like watching it in my seat at work and then, like i was kind of like just like kind of ill-faced and now like i seen it I was like, what what yeah yeah and i like ran it back a couple of times i was like oh he really did yeah yeah i was like wait is this what I think it is? <laughs> just hit that little mini tour at Islands. There you go. <laughs> he should have really just kept that move, I think. Yeah, but... I was like, whoa, didn't nobody want to try to steal that from him? Yeah, like, yeah. quietly. Shout out to Jeff Cobb, but who knows? Like, I don't know who originated it now because I thought I, I really don't know. I thought Jeff Cobb was the first person to hit that move. You know what? For all we know, it's probably somebody in Japan who made it up. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, someone's going to. Probably a woman, too. Yeah. Women, <laughs> Japanese women create the best wrestling moves. Yeah, yeah. Fact. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I hope I was hoping that you saw that too. I was like, yeah, it was a mini version. <laughs> no, I seen it. I was like, what? Oh, what? Oh, you didn't even know that that was actually a cool thing you did. Yeah. 
Josh does a, a good job of bringing up Young's overall improvement throughout the show, or I should say throughout the weeks. And he kind of emphasizes too that he's now somewhat getting along with Punk now based on like his new focus and just improving overall. I thought it was pretty cool. Young then hits his now trademark spinning forearm, which looked really good again. Mm-hmm. And I really like how he applied it this week where he reversed Tarver's uh, momentum from the ropes and bounced them off and then did the spinning mm-hmm. uh, forearm. So it looked really good and I, I liked it. From there, then they kind of do a quick cut to Gallus and he has like that expression of like he's not impressed at all. And like Josh kind of picks up on that as well. So it was pretty cool that they are still really telling that story. From there, Young is uh, still on fire and has like the crowd behind him and momentum that Tarver ends up rolling out to the outside. Tarver takes advantage of the rollout when Young gets out of the ring and kind of knees him in the gut. Mm -hmm. And then he throws him back into the ring. At that point, then Serena goes up on the apron to distract the referee. And then unexpectedly, Gallus does jump on the apron as well and attacks Tarver's leg. And, you know, it surprised me because I I didn't think that they were going to go in that direction. But so he is pretty much helping Young at that point. (laughs) And then Young kind of takes advantage of it and hits the heat wave for the victory at 245. Heat wave. Heat wave 97. (laughs) Yes. So it's kind of cool. I like I said, I, I really like the match and like the way they kind of uh, told that story. And then, yeah, with Tarver's surprise tour of the islands with with that with that move. Mm-hmm. And then post match, then Gallus and Serena do get in a ring. But then Young tries to celebrate with them, but they're still not celebrating with him. So it's creating a really good dynamic between those three and Punk where. They are working together, but they're not colleagues. They're not they're colleagues, I should say, but they're not friends, which is co-workers and not friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I, I work with them, but you know, yeah, I yeah. like them. Yeah. So I like that. And then yeah, even Gallus like pulls Serena away when like they he's still trying to celebrate with them. So really good storytelling. Don't you befriend him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't add him on MySpace at the yeah, time. <laughs> none of that. What is that? The WWE universe? Yeah, don't add him on don't add him on your WWE universe page. <laughs> Only we could be friends there. Yeah, <laughs> come on. So uh, then the next steal to deal challenger is Otunga. And then Stryker before that says that they have retabulated Gabriel's total. And he actually only got uh, $210. I rewatched it and yeah, it was legit. So what, <laughs> what had happened was Gabriel was selling a lot more. But then midway or towards the end, Gabriel had mentioned to Stryker, he was like, Oh, uh, that's like 20 of them so far. So like he fooled Stryker into thinking that he had already sold 20 and then he sold two more. So then by the end, uh, Stryker just said like, oh, that's 22. But he he played him. Gabriel literally played Stryker. Almost got him. Yeah, he he almost got away with it. But yeah, I counted and yeah, he only did sell 14 programs during during his segment. Would have got away with it for those pesky kids and that dog. (laughs) And your dog, too. (laughs) Uh, so from there, Stry- uh, Stryker says that Utunga has to beat uh, 210 to to win. And as he starts, Gabriel says, or I should say, Otunga says that celebrities don't do manual labor. And he kind of gets these two kids. I'm pretty sure like they had already like. Def- those were definitely plants. Yeah. <laughs> he got these two kids and like their mom or or family member to help him out. And they were helping him out throughout the whole thing. This is where I got suspicious because. 
they I got suspicious that Otunga might win because at that point, at the end of the, the 60 seconds, they don't really say his total. <laughs> so at that point, it's the perfect way to kind of say that he sold the most because he had the assistance. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to really visually see how many programs all of them kind of gave out. So I was like, hmm, I have a sneaky suspicion that they're setting up Mr. Otunga to win. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of making note of that. <laughs> So from there, we go to commercial break. And afterwards, we do get the video recap of the draft. I only wrote down the NXT pros to not, you know, waste too much time on this segment. But we do get uh, Christian, who does go down to SmackDown, Mm -hmm. Jericho, who goes to Raw, and Truth, that also goes to Raw. So kind of cool that they included some of the pros from. I I think it's pretty cool that. um they were having like a draft around the same time that we just had a superstar shakeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if that was intentional, but it may have been. Yeah, I I don't remember them always doing like a shakeup or draft post mania, but I guess they have been doing it for a while now that I haven't really paid attention. Yeah, to I haven't it. really paid attention to the shakeups too much. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, then we get uh, Justin Gabriel's pros feedback video package and. To start off, Hardy says that he does, that Gabriel does remind him of a younger Matt Hardy, which I thought was pretty funny. I thought he was going to say a younger Hardy boy, but, no. but he said a younger Matt, Matt Hardy. Hardy. I was like, wow, really specific there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from there, I thought this was pretty funny, too, that Punk pretty much clowns on Hardy saying that I don't even know what Hardy is going to teach Gabriel other than tweeting or MySpacing. Nice. So it's, it's pretty fun that he's just kind of like clowning on both both those guys. Jericho kind of says that he thinks that Gabriel is just a one trick pony with the the 450. Miz says that he doesn't know who Justin Gabriel is based on his personality. So I thought that was pretty good. He's right. Because yeah, Justin yeah. Gabriel has zero personality. Yeah. So it it's good feedback from his character, the Miz, saying that as the Miz, he's like the total opposite of what Gabriel is where he's all personality, all personality. And like, that's what he wants out of Gabriel is to, you know, build a personality and build a character out of himself. So I thought that was pretty cool. All the way from Cape town, South Africa, Justin Gabriel Gabriel has been electrifying the WWE universe with that. What a move by 450 splash. Justin Gabriel has an incredible move. Inexplainable. You love it. Very exciting. Justin Gabriel reminds me of a younger Matt Hardy. I couldn't have asked for a better coach. He's helped me out so much with everything. I call him my sensei. His biggest detriment is his coach. I really don't know what Matt Hardy is going to be able to teach Justin Gabriel besides how to MySpace or, or Twitter. Justin Gabriel to me is a one-trick pony. He has a really nice flashy finish. Big deal. I don't know who Justin Gabriel is. Just really need to build upon his personality. A lot of flowers grow in South Africa. I'm not really a big fan of flowers. 90% is business, is image, and he has the right image. He's got the dedication, he's got the talent. I think you just need to combine the two and just be more explosive with that. My goal is to help my rookie take his weaknesses and strengthen them. He has all the tools as an athlete, but he needs a complete package as a performer. Then we get another video recap of uh, Otunga's match from last week when Truth was not helping him out or he thought you know, truth wasn't helping him out. And then they kind of show a backstage segment from earlier today with truth and Otunga and truth was 
kind of giving him advice of like, all you had to do. Was- <laughs> he said, it's a sunset flip. All you got to do, reach back and grab his legs. One, two, three. That's it. It's simple. <laughs> it's simple. And I was thinking about it. I was like, literally, that he just described how to reverse the sunset flip. And that's all you had to do. Yeah, like, yeah. It's funny because, like, obviously, I can't research every R-Truth match. But I want to see, like, if he actually did it. I'm pretty sure he has done it. I'm quite sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I had that listed, too. I was like, I really like how he was really giving him the most legit advice there. Mm-hmm. I was just telling him like that's all you have to do <laughs> nice i love it that's yeah uh, that's yeah because that's you know it happens all the time yeah. somebody hits that sunset flip and they're like oh man god he's got him oh no he gotta be set on him yeah that's the legs i forgot to, i forgot to mention this last week but i i don't think i've given truth his overall props throughout like his whole career of like just his charisma and his acting skills i think i think it's pretty underrated because watching him throughout this whole season like when he had that initial brawl with otunga and like the segment from last week where he had those facial expressions of like oh i see how it is kind of a thing i think truth is really underrated as a acting performer at that point because i think he did a really good job in those segments you know our truth was like drew mcintyre before a drew mcintyre yeah, like yeah when he first came k quick was lame mm-hmm very lame oh, okay k quick was hella lame yeah. and then he left he did a whole bunch of stuff with like tna mm. he became like you know their champ did some good stuff there and then he came back as our truth yeah because that's what he should have been the whole time yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know they just wanted to repackage him yeah and but our truth wherever our truth has been has been good that's oh, yeah. been a good like wrestler like i mean i think k quick was almost like when they brought him in it was like who is this like generic booker t looking ass dude mm-hmm. but then like as years went by our truth made his own lane and he's been solid like he, ever since exactly like i i just wanted to give him that shout out and just give him so much props because i agree with everything that you just said that ever since like his tna run he's really just built his his own character definitely and, and just got really solid not only in the ring, but yeah, in his mic skills and facials and acting skills in general. I would love to see R Truth get an intercontinental title run. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at this point in his career, that's probably the pinnacle yeah, yeah. of what he could get as a single star. Yeah. Unless you just want to give him a thank you, like, main title run for like a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, but I, I think he might be past that in his career. But I, I I'd like to see a solid like mm-hmm. intercontinental run, maybe just like a month or something like that. But I think he'd be good for it because he's been working hard. Like, yeah, and he's still well. He's like what forty five or something like mm-hmm. that. And you would never guess. You would it. never know based on like how he moves around and the way and he, the way he looks. Yeah, take yeah. care of himself like that. That dude, like you know, he takes serious care of himself, and then he should be rewarded. And he's always solid. Like even when you like, as soon as you see him come out, like you just get a little happy. Like, yeah. I'm gonna play our truth song as the outro to this music to this episode. So yeah. <laughs> just as a as a thank you from from us. I <laughs> hey man, shout out to our truth. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Otunga so- <laughs> says, like, you know, that's that's good advice and all, but all you had to do was just give me your hand so I could I could get the, the <laughs> victory. And truth also says, like, oh, so you just want a handout pretty much. And yeah, I, I think it was pretty cool. And like he ended it with, hey, if you can't hang with the big dogs, you just stay on the porch. So, I Ooh, thought- and a uh, shout out to that T-shirt that our truth was wearing. Oh, yes. I, he I had. had yeah, I was just looking at my notes right yeah, now. Oh, had, we can't forget that. Had he that. had this shirt that had uh, Bret Hart 
and it had uh, him like putting Owen Hart in a headlock, mm-hmm. and it was like the coolest thing. I know. I I had it as my last note here too, as well, and I was like, I'm if I couldn't love our truth anymore, then you know that that just did it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like that was like the cleanest thing. I was like, oh, look at this. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. Really cool. From there, we get part five. This is part five, and this is segment seven I have here. So they definitely. I'll I'll get to this in my overall recap of the episode, but yeah. Then we have Slater who has to beat now um Otunga's total of 315, which equals out roughly to 21 programs. Mm-hmm. So he's roughly in the same area as Gabriel where he was selling. So in my opinion, I felt like he was already at a disadvantage because <laughs> he's hitting the same customer base. So I was, mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I don't think he's gonna win. <laughs> so he it was kind of cool. Slater, as he was selling, he was saying like, "Oh yeah, I already beat three. I, I already beat two pros. Let's make it three. So he was trying to like engage with the audience, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. But in the end, he doesn't beat it and sells eleven programs. But yeah, I like out of all these, uh, I, I actually like Slater's the most because he was trying to interact with the fans more. Yeah. Then right after that, then they kind of just like do these rapid fire because then the next one is uh, Darren Young, and as he's selling his young kind of brings up that he wants to face punk, which I thought was kind of weird because especially what Josh had mentioned earlier in the night where he was saying that punk and young were actually starting to get along a bit more. Now mm-hmm. it was kind of weird that punk still has animosity towards CM punk. I mean, it's kind of justified, but at the same time, it is kind of weird that he does want to face him out of all the pros right maybe now. he just want to earn his respect that could be it too but the way he had said it he's like i just want to face cm punk so i was like yeah he didn't convey it correct yeah yeah okay darren young 315 dollars what you have to beat in 60 seconds ready set go universe help me out a little bit do you want to see cm punk versus darren young let's go <laughs> there you go because darren young made it clear who he wants to face next week if he wins CM this challenge punk, his own pro darren young. Come on, help me out, please. Help me out. All that pleading Stand and begging Darren isn't going to help I'm out I'm ready. Darren I'm tired Young. of this. How do you know? You ever sold anything is in your life? Is he speaking English? Oh, what? Something in Young's mouth? What is going on? Help here? me out. Help me out, please. Ten that seconds. Of Darren Young might be scaring people. Sam Punk. Darren maybe the Young. fact that Matt Stryker is hanging on his shoulder. <laughs> Wink Martindale. Oh, don't attack me now. Okay, let's see the bag. Did not beat David Otunga, still the leader with 315. He doesn't win either. He doesn't sell enough to beat Otunga's uh, record. From there, then, we kind of cut throughout all these rapid fire ones. They, they kind of cut back through Josh and Cole to just kind of kill some time until Stryker can go to the next location. The next one is Tarver. And bef- as soon as his time starts, Tarver kind of just takes the mic away from Stryker and says that if he didn't just notice he just lost his match and he doesn't have to sell himself, that the WWE should be should be selling him because he's the product. <laughs> and then he just kind of walks away after that. So there's another challenge that Tarver doesn't participate in. Yeah, damn right. So that's pretty much his gimmick now, right? It's yeah, just, he's, <laughs> just, he's the anti-man. He just doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. And then same thing. We cut back to the commentators explaining like, you know, they don't know what Tarver is trying to achieve by doing this. And that kills time until Stryker sets himself up with Barrett. 
Barrett also kind of does something similar where he doesn't participate, but he does say that he thinks he already proved himself tonight in his match earlier and says that, you know what, I'm just going to like take the money and uh, just walks off at that point. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool that he played at a different angle than Tarver just did. So it's pretty cool. And also kind of continues his character building of just loving money. Yeah. Because that's been his whole like gimmick throughout the whole show so far. So it's kind of cool. So with that, since pretty much those last four didn't beat Otunga's record, Otunga is the winner of the Sell the Marks Challenge, which is the yes. Seal the Deal Challenge. And yeah, before they kind of go back to him, we get, I think, our last video promo, which is Daniel Bryan. And then this one is pretty much they all praised him. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the Miz was the only one that kind of still wasn't 100% behind him but even then he gave him his props because he said like you know Daniel Bryan hasn't won a match yet but he's still number one so that has to t- there that- has to be something yeah, about yeah. him so that's pretty cool that even though he was kind of dissing him he still gave him his props not nah, definitely yeah. yeah all these video things are really cool yeah and then the last note I have with this one is I, I liked Matt Hardy's feedback throughout all these uh, videos so far because I think I like all the other ones, but to me, his felt like the most genuine, like feedback and very coach like mm. that. I feel like if Hardy ends up, you know, when he ends up retiring that I hope he does get like a gig as a as a lead coach at the PC. Mm. He's going to be like a really good one on on the same level as um, as our as our boy Prince Albert, where Ooh, Matt Bloom, Matt Bloom, where he. uh He's going to be probably like the most genuine and really loving coach. Yeah. I, I really liked it. So I thought it was pretty cool. At that point, then we cut back to David Otunga and Stryker. And then Otunga mentions that, or I should say Stryker asks him, who who do you want to face for next week? And Otunga says that he could duplicate what Slater had done by beating Jericho. But he says that someone has been really irritating him as of late and he wants to face his own pro in R-Truth. And it's and he says that it's time for the rookie to beat his pro. So really good. And I really like this part because it does set it up in a way where I do want to watch next week's episode Mm. because they've built like that animosity in this episode and the episode before leading into the the next episode. So I thought it was really good storytelling at that point. Mm. Please welcome the winner of tonight's challenge, $315 worth of merchandise, A-list David Otunga. Now, you've earned a match next week against a WWE pro of your choosing. Who's it going to be? Well, you know, this is a hard choice. Um, There's Captain Charisma. There's Chris Jericho, former world champion. I could duplicate what Heath Slater did. But you know what? Something's really irritating me today. One person in particular who thinks they know a little too much. I want to face our truth. Wow, there you have it. David Otunga versus our truth next week. Yeah, I think it's time the student beats the teacher. From there, we get the main event, which originally, I should, I should say, is The Miz versus Skip Sheffield. But before that, as they're making their entrances, for the first time, Miz, I think, and Daniel Bryan come out together, which I haven't <laughs> really seen. But they kind of show that Miz, Miz's jaw is super bruised and red. 
And as they're making their way down the ring, they kind of play a raw recap of Show Miz losing the tag team titles to the Hart Dynasty. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Tyson Kidd and D.H. Smith. What what does he call himself now on the indie scene? Do you know? Is it still just David Hart Smith? Oh, OK. So he's just calling himself by his real name. Right? Yeah. You can't I, take that from him. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was curious because after all that stuff with the, the Hall of Fame since he was there. I, I forgot what they actually call them nowadays. Isn't that crazy how, like, we just seen, like, the Hall of Fame stuff not too long ago, and, like, now, like, the, the hearts are winning I know, like, yeah. <laughs> tag team titles in NXT. Like, or and, not in NXT, but, like, at this time. It's yeah, like, yeah. Well, how's everything going like this? Like, the Hart Foundation just got it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And now we just looked at something about the dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winning tag team titles. Blows your mind now, doesn't it? <laughs> and blows my mind that Natalia's been there for that long. Hell yeah. Still looking exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah, in, in the recap, they show that uh, the Hart Dynasty do beat Show Miz. And afterwards, of course, the big show, as always, just turns again. <laughs> oh, yep, and, yeah, it's right for him. <laughs> and then he, he's the one who actually punches the Miz after they lost the titles. And they kind of do like a, a cool slow, slow-mo replay of him doing the, the mm-hmm. knockout punch. And it looked pretty devastating. I don't know if it was legit or if they... No, nah, they, they put makeup on they put, first, yeah, yeah. Skip is still winless at zero and five i have here that it's kind of crazy because i i felt like skip had more matches than that but he's zero and five right now so he's literally only wrestled half of the episode so far <laughs> which i found kind of surprising i thought he was in more matches throughout the whole season so far before the match starts then miz is already in the ring ready to square off but then asks for a mic and then at the last minute he says that it's painful for him to talk and due to the trauma that he had, he won't be competing tonight and actually replaces himself with Brian at the very last minute. So Brian uh, gets in the ring and now they start off and Brian starts kicking skip in the corner and, and then starts doing his, uh, his trademark drop kick in a corner. Mm-hmm. Then he gets uh skip in a heel hook and starts doing the, the yes kicks as he gets him in position Skip then counters one of the, the kicks and then hits Brian with a really strong clothesline, which looked really good. He kind of, you know, it's a really short one where he just picks him up and then hits his finisher for the first time, which is the over-the-shoulder boulder holder. <laughs> oh, or a uh, technical name, easier, the backpack stunner. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot he did that. I, I saw it. I was like, oh! Yeah. I had to, like, research it because I, I was, like, looking for it, too, and so I looked up the official way of how to <laughs> describe it. And it says you have to get someone in like a piggyback position first, mm-hmm. seated position while they're still holding their opponent's head and force them and force them to fall onto the stunner. So like that's the. Yeah. The way he set it up out of like the fireman's carry was pretty cool. I was like, oh, that's because yeah, yeah, yeah. I never seen the way that he set it up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, OK, because I know he's not doing that other move that he did when he was a. Uh, uh like the fall away kind of thing but that was cool yeah yeah i was like oh all right i mean it's not a it's really cool but it's not like a big guy yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say like it's not a move for his size yeah like darren young should be doing that Mm -hmm. and then he should be doing young move yeah yeah at that point skip gets his first victory at 107 really really short match but finally Mm -hmm. skip gets a victory under his belt but sadly, Brian now lowers down to 0-9 now. So 
they're still continuing that storyline of Brian being number one, but not picking up a victory yet. And yeah, like I have here short and it didn't feel like a main event, but it did what it did the job, I feel. So that that's the positive that I can give that match. And yeah, at that point, that that's the end of the show. They they kind of did it similar to last week where they really wrapped up everything really quickly because of how many segments they had. They they literally had 11 segments throughout this episode. So they squeezed in a lot in the 45, 48 minutes that they had for this episode. So, too much, man. Yeah, it's too much for me. Yeah. Cool. Like kind of kind of going over it now and hearing it like yeah. uh, I don't want to change any of my scores. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I understand the episode better. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think the pacing was just disjointed. Yeah. yeah like yeah. it just did not. It didn't. It never started to gel. Yeah. So like if I was going to go commentary, um, I just gave it the standard three, mm-hmm. even though like there was some. There was some good, like, kind of back and forth banter. Yeah. Between uh, Josh and Cole. Like, I think at one point, like, uh, Josh says something about a mirror, but he says mirror. Oh, yeah. I remember and that. that fool, Michael Cole is like, mirror? What's a mirror? Is that a Russian <laughs> space station? And I Googled that. And it was. And oh it's literally God, really? like a Russian space station. M I R, oh. a mirror. It was a, it's decommissioned now, but it, like, it existed. I was like, wow. wow. So they were really going off the cuff. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, that is so off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like I gave that a commentary <laughs> Terry. If not for that tidbit, there probably would have got gotten lower. Yeah, but uh, that was pretty cool. So I gave that a three. Mm-hmm. The matches because they were so short. Yeah. Um, even though they were like kind of fun little sprints, like I wanted more. Yeah. So I gave the matches a two. Okay. Um, that makes sense. The production I gave it the standard three, and the entertainment I gave it two because mm. just I. I really did not enjoy the uh the seal to deal challenge. Yeah, yeah. And it just drug on. And especially that one part where they did three of them in a row. Like mm-hmm. I, I I literally lost it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. watching the episode and like I was like kind of fuming in my like seat. And like the matches were so like I, you know, I think I, uh, if we go back and look at it, I think there was no match that was four minutes. No, it was all of them were like Yeah, the really longest tra- match we have was three oh three. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I it I know it's a competition show, but at the very least, it's still a wrestling show. And I just, I just, I wasn't cool with it. Yeah. I think I have similar notes and I gave it a little bit slightly higher, but just because of similar points. But I think commentary, yeah, like how you mentioned, I also gave it a three where I think they did a really good job of continuing the stories, how I mentioned mm-hmm. and uh, really continuing the, the story between young and gallows. Like, I, I think that's really cool. Kind of like how you had mentioned a couple episodes back where it feels like they're giving everyone like an even shot. One storyline isn't overshadowing <laughs> the, uh, the other ones. So it's really cool how like we all have multiple storylines going on with, uh gallows and and young and then mm. otunga and truth so the way that the commentators have also been helping those stories along i think they've been doing a really good job so far mm-hmm. for me i was a little bit more generous I, I did give them a three just because i really liked the match of the episode for me was the tag match mm. i think even though that one was really short i really enjoyed how crisp and smooth all four guys were in that match and then yeah continuing the story with Slater and Jericho from their 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 match the week before I I thought it was, it was pretty cool but I do agree with you that 
it was too short for my liking. But if it wasn't for this match, I think it was. I would have also given it a two, but just mm. because I I really like that match, just I wanted to like that match more. But I was just like seeing as that was the first match, and yeah. then everything just kind of steamrolled downward after that. Yeah, I, it, that match wasn't enough to to please me to go like an average episode, you know. Yeah, for me, I gave production a four, mm. just because very similar to last week where I scored it that high because to me, again, the production team was under a game, even though I, I agree with you with the seal to deal segments, <laughs> I will give the production guys credit that they had to be all over the place with striker and striker as well to like go everywhere <laughs> that the team had to go to, to, to do this challenge. Nice. Uh, I'll give them their fair due because yeah, kind of running that segment was probably pretty annoying and pretty hard but they still did their job so i professionals i i gave them the professional courtesy of a of a four there and of course running with the these new pro feedback videos they they still are are doing a really good job with those so nice that's why i gave them a slightly higher score but i i totally agree in the points that you did and based on that i i gave it a three overall in entertainment just because yeah with the, that match and just the the video packages alone were entertaining Okay. But, but I agree with you with by the third or fourth seal to deal challenge, I was feeling like it got really repetitive and old that it it kind of lowered it for me a little bit at that point. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think the pacing of it wasn't as as smooth as it was with the Rock'em Sock'em from last week. Yeah, the the, the Rock'em Sock'em was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like the way they had paced that one a lot better. But yeah, so overall with our combined scores... Yeah, this episode makes the most sense. Nice. With our, That's not as bad as I thought. Yeah, with our combined score, this episode gets a 2.9, which makes sense. I think with the comparison to last week's 4.0 and other episodes before that, it makes the most sense where, like, this one, as you mentioned, like, the core of the product is wrestling, and they really kind of, like, dropped the ball with this episode, not taking advantage of it more, you know? So, uh... So I got a stat for you now. Oh, okay. Ah, so with that, Edge notice that um <laughs> oh no. Every uh every five episodes it's uh <laughs> something that doesn't break three. Ah, so, so episode five and uh-huh. episode ten so far are the two episodes that have not reached a three with mm, our scoring. That's interesting. I wonder if I wonder if they're gonna keep going with that pacing where they uh, <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, we'll just phone it in this fifth, fifth tiered number. <laughs> you know, it just might be. <laughs> Have we figured out? I want. I'm curious now, based on this, dude. If we get the 15 and that thing doesn't break, <laughs> yeah, three, man. Yeah, I'm now. I'm genuinely curious how they're gonna do it. All right. I'm. I'm kind of curious overall too how they do it in the back too, like when they. Is it based on Vince or someone else who gives the thumbs up of like, oh, that was a good episode? Or, or mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how they kind of like grade themselves on like episode to episode. Do yeah. you think they care that much? I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. Yeah, like, because even for me and for us, like the way that we do it, I, I, I know which episodes are more stand out more than others but yeah yeah but i'm I'm curious like yeah if they even care or mm. or, or do something similar but because like i you know if you think about just watching raw week after week like yeah. you could have a string of this crap raws exactly yeah. and you're just like man y'all just don't care and then like out of the blue they'll have yeah. one that's just hella good and you're just like 
Yeah. What? <laughs> and then like the next one sucks, and you're just like, is it? Is it with my mood? Like the I know. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's really random. I think a, a great example of that the modern gauntlet matches that they had with like Rollins and Kofi, mm. where like they kind of just did those like randomly on Raw and SmackDown, and then. Yeah, it makes like the overall show better. True. And then you're just like, oh, crap, this is a, a really good episode. I think so. the best one is usually when you kind of don't see it coming. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, look, we're going to do something crazy. Yeah. It's going to take an hour. What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that ends up that episode. And, yeah, we kind of give you a warning ahead of time that this was probably not going to beat last week's episode. So. Definitely, because last week's episode was a nonstop thrill ride of entertainment, and this episode was a... Uh, I mean, it was nonstop, but it was just like a, a ride that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just didn't have the right buckles, and you know, but you still went on the ride. Yeah. And you came out alive, like, but your hip kind of hurt it. It's like a Great America ride. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like, you know, when you ride... Uh, <laughs> it's like getting on Top Gun for the first time. You're like, oh man, that was awesome. And then it was like, then you went and rode the Grizzly. And oh, it was yeah, like, yeah. man, why are you still here, bud? Like, <laughs> man. Why are you hurting me right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, it's like you arrived, but I might fall out and yeah. die. <laughs> so, this is what this episode is. <laughs> you know, you knew it. I still stood in line for it. But, yeah, I know. You know, it, we're doing our jobs, right? Yeah, you know, like, we still alive afterwards, so <laughs> it's good. We're gonna move on to the next ride, which is episode eleven. Yeah, and that's per- what, perfect transition. I, I think you did it on purpose. <laughs> that's what it is, man. <laughs> so for for next week, the main event is kind of already in place based on the winner tonight, which was Otunga, and he openly challenged Truth at that point. So this will actually be the first time that a rookie faces their own pro, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. And like how I mentioned earlier, I kind of want to see that match based on how they've built it so far so yeah that is for next week and next week's challenge is the obstacle course challenge don't know what it is but i'm pretty pretty curious on what that is too i hope it's inflatable yeah that way no i hope it's like still something else that mike adamley has brought over from american gladiator nice i hope they bring back the tennis ball again yes (laughs) that would be dope Everyone would love that. Man, that was like the realest thing about American Gladiators. When they got to that one area where they had to try to shoot tennis balls, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. ooh, man, that fool's going to get you. He's going to get you. And then when you got to shoot back, it was like, ooh. I'm going to watch that after. <laughs> Telling you, American Gladiators was intense back in the day. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Morgan. Yes. <laughs> the truth has set me free. Well, that does it for us. As always, if you guys have any questions for us feel free to hit us up at our email account at halfkmail at gmail.com with any of your questions follow us on our social media platforms to get the latest updates on these new episodes and also some bonus content that we'll throw up from time to time did you uh have any plugs for this week i do um shout out to the league the league is a collective of creatives um we do music we do um like videos i got a couple partners in there they do photography Mm. we actually do a whole bunch of random stuff so like we do photography we do music we do production um you know some of the guys in the group they dance and do stuff like that so like shout out to league if you want to check us out at um on instagram at the bay area league that's it 
and then you just look it up and you just see a bunch of stuff that says league on it we ain't really got that many posts no more but it's all good because then you can splinter off and see our other pages so shout out to drax the audible and then drax photography it's like just look up this dude named drax and then you'll see a whole bunch of shit nice and yeah i'll, I'll make sure to put into the descriptions below as well and yeah that does it for this week thanks again as always for listening if this is your first time tuning in uh you can easily catch up with all of our archived episodes in the backlog just go and check them out on podbean spotify and youtube and that is it thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next one and here we go again we out this dang thing trying to maintain like mainframes see ya (laughs) 